Now I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade. Uh, we've got uh, an intention today that was passed on to me from Telegram, uh, but I still don't have any uh, new intentions in the inbox, but I do encourage you to go ahead and send those in if you have any to requests at protonmail.com. For our intention today, though, we have a, an unfortunate case uh, of um, someone's father has been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, it's unclear what the situation is with the cancer, whether it's operable or not, whether it's terminal. Um, but the name of the person in question that we're going to pray for is Bree. And we're going to pray for, uh, you know, it, it was unclear to me whether it was a guy or a gal. So... Um, his or her father, but we're going to pray for Bree and Bree's father. Bree is usually a, a, a girl's name, but uh, you know, could be overseas. I, I, this is uh, this is from an international source, so I'm not sure where uh, this is. But uh, let's devote our our rosary uh, to them, Bree and her and and, uh, and Bree's father for uh, God's protection, for the strength of the cross, and for uh, perfect healing, if it's God's will. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, alvenia regnum tuum. Fiat voluntas tua, sicur in celo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie. Et dimidi nobis, debita nostra, sicud et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et Mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, 
gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, Gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicurerat principio et nunc et semper et saeculus saeculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, Vita Dulcero et Spes Nostri, Salve. A te clamamos, exulis filia evi, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes in hac lac romarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilus tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte. Et Jesum, viatum fructum ventris tui, nobis postuc exilium ostende. O clemens, o pia, o dulce virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, ut dignis efficiamor promissionibus Christi. Oremus. Wherefore we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. and for Bree's father. Today's feast day is St. Peter in Alaska. St. Peter, pray for us. For those that bear crosses, especially Bree and Bree's father, St. John the Evangelist, who walked with Christ even to Calvary, Pray that the strength of God should be lent to these, thy servants, and that the will of God might be borne as a light yoke upon them, and their faith be rewarded. St. John the Evangelist, pray for us. For all of us in struggle and in battle, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits that prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Well, before I did the follow-up yesterday on... 
our discussion about rendering unto Caesar, it's, it's funny, we should have discussed rendering unto Caesar with everything that's going on in financial news, but uh, I was planning yesterday actually to talk a little bit about the glorious mysteries of the Holy Rosary. We have given a little bit of uh, time to the joyful mysteries and how to pray those using the Ave Maria. We've talked about the sorrowful mysteries and how to pray some of those using some reflections, the uh, way that you can uh, use the second sorrowful mystery as, a, as an examination, a particularly poignant examination of conscience, and the last two sorrowful mysteries, how they align with the Stations of the Cross and with the seven last words. And the glorious mysteries, though, I have to confess, have always presented me with some trouble in meditation. Now, that's not to say that the other two don't. I've had quite a lot of trouble in meditation on the mysteries of the rosary. And the only consolation that I have is that St. Therese of Lisieux had the same problem. She struggled with meditation on the, on the rosary. Not with necessarily mental prayer. That was not... She was very good at that. Uh, but she admitted in her writing that she struggled with the meditations on the Holy Rosary. And so, if you're having trouble meditating on the Holy Rosary, if you're having trouble developing your mental prayer and that aspect of the Rosary, I encourage you to pray to, uh, to, to the little flower of Jesus because St. Therese is in a unique position to help you with that. Uh, probably uh, St. Teresa of Avila as well. I never knew whether it was Avila or Avila. I might be saying that wrong. Actually, since it's Spanish, it probably is St. Teresa of Avila, but I've always said Avila. At any rate, both the both Teresa and Therese, who I think that actually Teresa is um, the namesake for Therese. I think that's why she took the name Therese uh, going into the convent. But uh, whatever the case may be, two very great saints wonderful mystics, very rewarding to read, and uh, certainly very good saints to go to if you're having struggle with meditations. As to the meditations on the glorious mysteries, I have, this is not an unusual practice, but I have had some success in focusing my mind using scriptural passages that relate to each of the mysteries. Now the last two mysteries, obviously, you have uh, some difficulty pinpointing them precisely because there's just so much contained in our Blessed Mother's life and, and in her passage from this life that to narrow down a scripture passage it would be practically impossible. Uh, but we do know from the way that, from what the church teaches us that these mysteries can be found, actually the, the fifth mystery, glorious mystery, is easily found in scripture. But in terms of a scriptural passage that draws us into the mystery, draws us nearer to the Blessed Mother and to our Lord, uh, those are, I think there's a lot of different options uh, for the last two glorious mysteries. But for the first three, it's actually rather easy to think the scripture presents itself readily. And I have some scripture passages that I um, that I recite from memory when I get to that mystery that helps me to sort of hone in on what the major takeaway I hate to use that word 
but what the what the spiritual focus of the mystery is for my benefit. So I think I'd like to go through a couple of those, and maybe they'll be helpful to you if you've been having some struggle with the glorious mysteries. I find that the sorrowful mysteries are so easy to reflect on. Understanding our sinfulness and focusing on the, the pain of suffering of Christ, I find that incredibly easy to, to focus on, understand, and engage with. Probably too much on an emotional level, I would admit. The glorious mysteries, because of their transcendence, well, it's rather like the transfiguration, really. You, the apostles don't know what to do with it. St. Peter is is sitting there saying, "Let's make, let's set up tents." You know, it's it's a he really doesn't know how to process what he's seeing, and it may be because of my own lack of spiritual development. I have a similar problem with the glorious mysteries. They, I find myself in the presence of them, unsure of how to process them, how to reflect on them. I, I, I'm I'm so fallen away from God. In, in so many ways, I, I want to draw nearer to him, but the glorious mysteries almost seem, they're just difficult to reflect on. But there are scriptural passages, there are, there's passages in scripture that I think convey the spirit of each and the, uh, the hope that they're supposed to bestow, as well as the reminder that all the mysteries of the rosary should constantly have of the four last things that we should always keep before our minds whenever we're praying, because uh, when we pray, we draw nearer to God. Uh, and uh, St. John Vianney says, uh, St. John Marie Vianney said that uh, the first thing that the devil tries to undermine is prayer, because prayer is the means whereby we draw ourselves nearer to God. He only he said the first part, I'm adding the second part. And so... It's very good. It's a good practice for us. It's a, um, well, meritorious means something very specific, but it is, I think, a meritorious practice to remember whenever we pray the four last things, which uh, are, um, oh, why, why in the world would I blank on them now when I just had the list of them before in front of my eyes? <laughs> But, um, oh, goodness. Now I'm going to have to delete this middle section because it's such a terrible embarrassment to me. Uh, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. There we are. Uh, goodness. I, I don't know how. Sometimes things that you have memorized that you know that you recite every day, they're just not there right in front of you. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And... Each of these should be before our minds every time that we pray, especially when we pray the rosary. But the rosary also affords us certain things that relate to the four last things. And in the, in the case of the glorious mysteries, they, it affords us hope, uh, and particularly the theological virtue of hope as it relates to death, judgment, heaven, and hell. The sorrowful mysteries should encourage in us contrition and 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 a deep love of God and a hatred of our sins and the joyful mysteries bolster our faith uh, and the glorious mysteries contain in them a, a degree of theological virtue hope so how do we find the hope in each of these 
the first one is, and some of them are admonitions. The first one is an admonition. The passage that I think of when we reflect on the first glorious mystery, which is the resurrection from the tomb, is the passage of the angel addressing the women, uh, the myrrh-bearing women, which is, why do you seek the living among the dead? An admonition to us to draw away from the worldly, to draw away from the tomb of our own worldliness, and to recognize that for us as Christians, if we live the Christian life and we are filled with the love of God, then the tomb for us is an empty place. Our focus is, in our life is not the tomb, but rather the glory that we share as Christians uh, in, in, the, uh, in the other world. You know, when Our Lady appeared to St. Bernadette at Lourdes, she said, I cannot give, um, guarantee you happiness in this world, but in the other. I cannot promise you happiness in this world, but in the other. And this is the seeking of the living among the living, rather than seeking the living among the dead. Our, we seek ourselves, our living selves, in the presence of God, in the resurrection, sharing in the resurrection of Christ. And so, when we reflect on this first glorious mystery, we reflect on the fact that the triumph over death on the cross has as its effect the emptying of the tomb and the emptying of the meaning of the tomb. No longer do we worry about going down into the pit if we are faithful Christians and we live a Christian life. We are contrite for our sins and we spend our lives drawing nearer to God by seeking to know Him better, by seeking to love Him more fully, and by seeking to serve Him according to His will, that we seek the living among the living, and we find the tomb empty. So much for the first glorious mystery. The second glorious mystery is the ascension into heaven. And the ascension is a sort of bittersweet moment in the scripture because on the one hand it is the culmination of everything God has given to us but on the other hand it leaves the apostles in a sense destitute just as Christ on the cross for a moment lacked the beatific vision that he carried with him at all times on earth just as for that moment he was in his experience, not essentially and not materially, God, Christ remains fully God and fully man all the time, but he has the fullness of his humanity thrust upon him, I suppose is the way to think about it, in that moment when he says with the psalmist, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That same destitution of God being taken away is what our Blessed Mother felt in her third sorrow uh, when she was without Christ for three days and they had to seek him in the temple. And it is what the apostles feel when Christ ascends, which is why he gives us the message of hope in the, in the passage, uh, I shall be with thee always, even until the consummation of the world. 
Now, that doesn't mean that he's only going to be with us until the world ends. He's going to be with us for all time. But that's the whole point, is he will be with us for all time. Uh, and that... So there's two uh, passages that leap out for this mystery. And the first one is... I shall be with thee always, ye always, even until the. I shall be with you always, even until the consummation of the of the world. And the other one is heaven and uh, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will not pass away. Christ is in his physical person, always with us in the holy tabernacle, and his word. So he, the logos is physically present at all times in the holy tabernacle and his and and he is as the word of god always available to us in the scriptures and in the teachings of the holy church as long as there is a church christ will be present among us and we know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church so we know that the church will always be with us there will never be a time when there is not a church and there will never be a time when Christ is not present there with us for us to reassure us to restore us to strengthen us on to the third glorious mystery which is the descent of the Holy Ghost of Pentecost and here while the Acts of the Apostles uh, presents us uh, with uh, a couple of good scripture passages, it seems to me better that the message of Christ, that unless a man be born again, born of water and the Spirit, uh, this new birth begins at Pentecost. And it happens through the sacraments of baptism and of confirmation. Now, in the Eastern churches, baptism and chrismation take place at the same time. In the Western church, there are, the confirmation has become something of a rite of passage for us. As we pass into our adulthood, we are reminded by the seal of the Holy Ghost to whom we belong, and likewise, we are given a means whereby we might enter into the world a second time and go forth as disciples of Christ to bear witness to him independently. And that really is what it is. is when we are confirmed, we become independent of our parents' Christianity, and we now really and truly take on full responsibility to God as independent servants. We've graduated we are no longer spiritual apprentices to the masters or journeymen or God help us in some cases still apprentices that are our parents but rather we now move on and begin the journey on our own towards our own mastership which is sainthood all of us are apprentices to sainthood as Christians that is the mastery of the Christian life but when we are children, we are doubly apprentices because we are apprentices to our parents' religion. That's why we follow what they tell us to do. We practice our religion uh, in, the, in the more mundane sense uh, as under the direction of our parents. They teach us to pray. They teach us when to pray. They teach us how to behave at church. They're there with us for our first Holy Communion. 
all of these things, our parents are there present with us, and we as parents are there with our children. At confirmation, we complete this second birth, where we now move out into the world as our own spiritual entity, so to speak, or our own independent spiritual entity, really. And so, in that regard, we are, um, unless a man be born again, born of the flesh, born of the, born of the, uh, the wa- born of water and the spirit, that's the real thrust of Pentecost and of, of, of Whitsunday. On to the assumption. The assumption is, I think, best reflected upon in terms of what it represents for our Blessed Mother. Only three people, only three human people in Scripture have ever been assumed into heaven, body and soul. The first is righteous Enoch, our forefather, uh, who walked with God all the days of his life. The second is Elijah, who is the forerunner of the forerunner of the Messiah. Uh, In many ways, St. John the Baptist steps into the role of Elijah uh, as the Old Testament gives way to the New. And he is instrumental in bridging the gap that exists between the old Israel and the new. In, in many ways, he's the one that prepares the... He prepares the way of the Lord in two ways. First of all, in preparing the path from the old Israel into the new Israel. Uh, and then, of course, preparing the way for God to come to his people as well. The road goes both ways. And so, when we come to the assumption... The Assumption reflects the role that Mary played throughout her life and continues to play as the chief intercessor, queen of saints, queen of heaven, all of these things that she is to us. And so initially I started reflecting on the, on the past to behold thy mother, but then it occurred to me that no, that the Assumption is the fulfillment of the prophecy contained in the Magnificat, which is... My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoiceth in God my Savior. For he that is mighty hath done great things with me. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, yeah, and has done great things. And henceforth all generations shall call me, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath done great things with me. This moment of her assumption, body and soul, which Pope Pius XII permitted us as Catholics to believe that she could be assumed without physical death, or that she is assumed with physical death, in either and then resurrected, either case. In this moment, the fulfillment of all the great things that God has done with and for her become manifest. And the reason for the fulfillment of the prophecy that henceforth all generations shall call me blessed is also made manifest. And so in her assumption, our Blessed Mother, for the last time, and 
perhaps of the, the greatest incident, instance, aside from giving birth to our blessed Lord itself, that, that moment, the assumption is this last great moment that she is given the opportunity to diminish herself and to magnify God. And so I think the opening of the Magnificat makes the most sense as a reflection on this fourth glorious mystery and why it is a glorious mystery. And then at last, the fifth glorious mystery is the crowning of our Blessed Mother in Heaven. And inevitably, since we've been reflecting on the four last things, death, judgment, hell, and heaven, this is truly a reflection on judgment, and particularly on the final judgment. Because our Blessed Mother is the woman crowned with twelve stars and clothed in the sun in the Apocalypse. And so that's the passage that I think of when I think of Mary crowned in heaven. Certainly there's the crowning in heaven. We've seen so many of these beautiful paintings of our Blessed Mother crowned in heaven. But uh, here is the moment for us to understand what role she is meant to occupy in as the, as the Queen of Heaven. Because she becomes Queen of Heaven, Queen of Saints, Queen of Martyrs, Queen of us all in this moment. And her crown is a celestial crown, a holy crown, a divine crown, a crown of her own holiness. And so, behold a woman clothed in the sun, and crowned with 12 stars. Well, those, are the ref- those are the passages that I reflect on when I reflect on the glorious mysteries, and hopefully they'll be as helpful for you as they are for me in disciplining myself and improving my own spiritual, my own religious life. And my prayer today is a simple one, and that is that in all the rosaries that we pray, we will not pray them alone, but with our Blessed Mother, and truly place ourselves in the presence of God that the Holy Ghost might animate our prayers and that they may give God the glory uh, and give us a sense of the glory of God that all the mysteries, joyful, sorrowful, and glorious, should inspire us to make all of our prayers, all of our fasting, and all of our almsgiving, ad majorum dei gloriam, to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.